0: Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Church, if you're joining us here at the Vineyard for the first time, welcome. And also on Facebook Live, welcome somebody if this is your first time watching. And uh, so uh, here's what we're going to do. We did this last week. We took. Uh, our cares, our concerns, the things that were like kind of giving us a little angst and for, we're going to give them to the Lord <laughs> for the next few minutes, right? And, uh, and we're going to, like, we're going to give Dorian to the Lord <laughs> right now, you know? And uh, just and give uh, the situation and to, to the Lord and for the next few minutes, we're going to be together around what God says to us in his word. We're going to be together with one another, with our friends in the faith, We're going to be together with one another with the presence of the Holy Spirit and his peace and his assurance and his guiding direction that he gives us. And so, Father, today we just take all of whatever concerns any of us may have today. We take them and we offer them up to you right now. We give them to you. We ask, Lord, that you would take them. And then we leave our hands out and open, Lord, to receive from you that which you have for us. Lord, would you... Bring to us your truth. Bring to us your encouragement. Let us see, Lord, things the way you see them. Come and do your good work in us and through us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, hey, it's still, you know, you keep praying east, right? East, east, east. And uh, I do want to ask this. How, uh, how many of my surfer friends do I have in the room this morning? One, two, everybody else bailed out on me the ways are good. because I know the ways are good. Yeah, the ways are good, and everybody's up in North Carolina right now, and uh, where they should be. And uh, <laughs> but the Lord is going—no, not really. Yes, I <laughs> like uh, I will tell you this: that uh, if if you want prayer, surfer friend, if you're out here, and uh, I have some oil right there in my bag, and I also have water from the Jordan River. That uh that uh we will anoint you with and pray for you and uh and all and so uh hey, I do believe we're gonna be okay, everything's gonna be all right. We just keep praying and uh and you know, just keep praying for it to move east and we'll do that before we finish today. Uh we've been in a series oh, by the way, let's pray for Megan. Megan our, our youth pastor, my associate pastors here. She is preaching up at Renovation Vineyard this morning. And so let's pray for Megan right now. had a root right across the top there. Father, we lift Megan, our sister Megan, up to you. She preaches, Lord, at our sister church up in Little River. We pray, God, you'd be with her. Uh, Speak through her this morning. Grant her great insight into your word, Lord, and also, Lord, to encourage your people there in that church. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome back, Doug Dorman. Doug's missions work has been gone for three three weeks, basically. Yeah. Welcome back, Doug. So, yeah, a lot of good things going on this morning. We have uh, been in a series where I call it This Is Us. It's a little bit of a kind of a reflective look on us as a church, some of the values we have. I've visited our history over the last three weeks, uh, some of our experiences when we first started the church up. Our 23rd birthday is coming up the first Sunday in October. Uh, We will have one service. Yeah, we're going to cram everybody in here and outside. We'll have a tent set up. We'll have food. We're going to celebrate like we did last year. And uh, we'll celebrate those 20 years. So we've been visiting that and looking for the golden thread through all of it. And scripture of the things that are special. Or the things that we feel like God has done and continues to do in this church. And um you know some of these some of these wonderful values and that we see and that I speak here, and I'm talking about on Sundays here these few weeks, I realize that we experience them to varying degrees uh some of them we want even more so I dare say we want all of them even more so in our lives and in this church's life and so if you hear one of these values and you go. Man, that sounds like a great value, but I haven't experienced that yet. Well, help us <laughs> Help us experience it and, and to a deeper uh, an extent and, and a stronger way, because th- this is uh, you know this is a part of who we are, the things that we've been sharing down through history, the Christian community, in particular, the local Christian church, and uh, the expressions of the larger church locally, have been the place where people found hope, they found encouragement. They found help. I mean, when plagues ravaged Europe and ravaged the Middle East and all, it was the early church that came along and stayed the course and was there and put their own lives on the line to care for people, for not just their own, but for the community. Uh, the, this uh, some of us don 't ever get told this story. You know, just do a little church history reading and and the church has been on the front line of that. the first hospitals, the first universities all of this the the early church was instrumental in bringing to this earth in birthing and and God it seems from the very beginning, even as we read as we will today in the book of Acts. Uh, God has been building his church and in the meantime while he builds the church he's using it to care for the world and even care for those who don't care for it which is an absolute testimony to the love of Christ isn't it I mean isn't that who we're supposed to be I mean we care for those who don't care for us I mean that that's a part of the beautiful love of God of how he reached us and he Gave his life for us. When we weren't that great a people. I know you think you were prior. But you know. We were far from God. Scripture says we're far off. Far from him. I know I was. I know I was. But he was close. Close around me at the time. Calling us. And I think he's doing that today. In disasters. The church has. The local churches have always shown up. And been a part of taking care of their community. And their neighborhoods. I've been there. And. All of this comes from the heart of Christ. And that is not just a, maybe some beautiful sense of social justice. But it comes from the heart of Christ inside of us. Those of us who have been redeemed and we've been saved. And God has poured his love out on us. And we've experienced that. Because we've experienced that, we want to we live it out. We want to give it away, that which God has given us. And so the church has stepped into those moments. And to loving their neighbors and, uh, you know, your grouchy neighbor and, you know, your crotchety neighbor. And, yeah, everybody's going, I got one of those. All right. You know, you could be that crotchety neighbor to somebody. You know, that's what you hope not. And, uh, but, you know, that salt of the earth. And it's not that we're not human. It's not that we don't have our times of just exasperation and we've had it and, we may say some things we shouldn't say, and we may react in some ways we shouldn't. I mean, that's our humanity, and, and I, I think sometimes, I don't think God just goes, man, I'm, gonna have to, I'm just going to have to slap him around a little bit to straighten him up. I think he kind of laughs. I think he kind of goes, my creation, yeah, you know. <laughs> You're going to be okay, though, Tim. You're going to be all right, because I'm getting ready to grip your heart in just a few minutes. And you're going to go, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, so thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. And, and so God is continually working in us. And, and, you know, he's doing his good work in us to create in us a new heart, right? And in the meantime, in that journey, he's using us to touch people around us. And, and people are in pain and people in loss. And, uh, and so we just want to see more and more and more of that. And uh, we have experienced. You know, we we try to do a, a lot around here and do our best to love our neighbor, and and we want to do more of it. And uh, so we're going to be over in Acts, the second chapter. It's in the New Testament. It's right there. You can see it if you. I, I don't. If you've got your app, you know, then you can pull it right up. And uh, but Acts two and verses 42 through 47, and. Uh, This is written by a guy guy named Luke who was a traveling, probably a traveling companion of Paul's. He was probably a Gentile or at least maybe part Gentile, part Jewish. Uh, He was well educated and um, evidently and we have the gospel of Luke from him and we have the book of Acts from Luke. And uh, great reads. Matter of fact, it's great to read the Gospel of Luke and then go straight into the book of Acts and read it. And you'll you'll sense that same flavor as you read through it. And, uh, and so let's read this. This is the early church. This is right at the very birth of it. And uh, hey, let's put it up on the screen, Joe, and we'll all read it together as we've been doing around here. You ready? Here we go. were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to Lord, bless the reading of your word this morning, breathe life on it, speak to our hearts, give us hope, Lord, correction where we need it, God, and a deep affection for you and your will for our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, in your handout, flip your handout over, there's there's some fill-ins there this morning. I've got uh, seven things that we value as a vineyard church here in Myrtle Beach uh, that I think are Backed up by this scripture in Acts 2, 42 through 47. Your first one is this. We value scripture here. We value scripture. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. That word devoted which is carried on basically through this, this whole section of scripture. It means they're devoted to the fellowship. They're devoted to the reading of the scripture. They're devoted is a, is a great word because it means persisting obstinately. <laughs> I like that, and I, I I think that if you're going to be a part of any local church, the point is going to come where you're going to have to persist obstinately, <laughs> because every local church is full of people, unique people with all kind of opinions, and and uh, you know we come in together with all of our baggage and we bring in everything in our lives, and and so a moment will come where each one of us will have to persist obstinately and. And to stick together and to be together and to rally around the scriptures. And part of it is to persist in that pursuit of understanding the scripture. Um, I I wrote this out that my approach on Sunday mornings is this. and, And it has been from day one. And that is that we put a value on Sunday mornings like approaching the scripture like it was the first time we read it. Every week that I study Every week that I read and look at what we're going to talk about, that's the way I approach it. Because that's the freshest way for me to approach it. Um, it, There's something very exciting about opening a book and all of a sudden things become three-dimensional to you. Like suddenly it grabs you. It may be mystery. It may be apprehension. It may may be something that you go, I don't know about that. but any good read is going to have those qualities about it and the bible this very special book is is like that it's you know it's full of mystery it's full of intrigue at times it's very clear and at times it's very mystifying very mystifying and 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 it takes some struggle, and it 's okay you know it 's all right to struggle with it and to go man i don 't get that <laughs> you know uh, i don 't know I, I would when uh I used to gather with these surf rats down here on the beach we would contest you know I had a whole green station wagon, Ford station wagon that had fiberglass, the whole tail piece of the car was held together by fiber, surfboard fiberglass. I just took it and resined the whole tailgate like this, you know. It was so rusted out. But uh, we could climb in through the back glass. And uh, so at the contest, we'd all sit in the back, you know, around the car. And we'd open the Bible and we'd start reading. And I remember reading the book of Acts. And and all of us would look at each other and go, what? (laughs) They did that? (laughs) It's like, you think we could do that? (laughs) You know, think we could pray for somebody and God would actually heal them? What? That's in there? And I, we go, well, it's in there, well, let's try it, you know, and and to varying degrees of success. And, um, but the thing is, it was fresh. The thing is, it you, it shouldn't get old, you know, the, the part that mystifies us and the part that we struggle with is the part that should keep us coming back. You know, we should keep coming back going, okay, I don't understand this. Help me, God, help me. And now we have so many tools that all of us have available to us, you know, on, online and different books and places that any and all of us really could, can work hard to understand this in a better way. This is where we get, um, we get the information from about who Jesus is. It's the Holy Spirit, the early church. Uh, those few thousand years earlier when God was working through Israel to bring Jesus to the world where we get to see that this is the book that that uh you know that tells us this we we study it we we have a high respect for scripture i will tell you this i do not worship this book it's the father the son and not the holy bible (laughs) but the father the son and the holy spirit right and that doesn't put this down that just says I have to depend on the Holy Spirit and work in order to understand this and all. Right? And so, I mean, I spent a lot of time studying this and trying to understand it. And there's still so much of it that I'm still working at. And that the Holy Spirit helps us understand. So we have a high regard and a high respect for the scripture. And we study it to try to understand what God wants. And so we can see who he is. And But I tell you, it's really amazing to me that I did not know any scripture but the Lord saved me. I mean I didn't understand anything, nothing. And maybe you're thinking, you know, maybe I will I will come to surrendering my life to Christ once I understand enough of this. Well I didn't know anything, never read the Bible. And Christ still in his sovereignty and his grace and his mercy gripped my heart. Where I knew that I knew that I knew, there was something very special about Jesus, and then began the journey of reading, studying, coming to know Him better, and praying and all. And so the early church probably took the template of the temple as far as their way of worship and study, and and so they took the prophets and they took, of course, the apostles who had walked with Jesus, and they sat and they listened to them preach. And teach what they knew of Christ. What they knew of the Old Testament. Especially the prophets pointing toward Jesus coming. I mean that was a big emphasis in the early church meetings. And also it was probably a bit evangelistic. That in those early church meetings. Uh, the apostles and those that were leading those groups. Kept putting Jesus out there. So that people could understand who he was. Uh, how he came and pointing to the scriptures. And, and how his fulfillment of so much prophecy. And so much expectation and uh, in our small groups, you know, we have all types of studies going on that revolve around the scripture, inductive studies, and, you know, and then there's just questions over passages of scripture. And, and so the scripture, just like in the early church, is central to who we are. We value the scripture. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so this is this is our manual. This is our book that we use for that. And this is the book that we study. And we have the records of Jesus and the records of all those thousands of years of God trying to reach his creation through Christ. And so we study that. It tells us how to live. It, it shows us You know how to pray for one another. There's so much in this book. And so we value scripture. Secondly we value one another. We value one another. All the believers were together. I love this. It just keeps going. All the believers were together. And it says and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. They broke bread in their homes. And ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They met in the temple. They met in their homes. They ate a lot (laughs) together. And uh, this word koinonia. Uh, for fellowship is is a real popular word uh, in the scripture. And um, it, it, it means it's a harmony created by shared purpose and working together. Uh, it's a unique sharing that Christians have with God and with other Christians. There is something very special about one believer and another believer. Or groups of believers gathering together. There is something different about that than any other group you gather with. You have other groups you gather with and friends and all. But when you get with a brother or sister in Christ or a group, there is a whole different dynamic to it. And Jesus said, what? Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst. I'm there with you. There is something very special about that time together. There's a special, I would say, like a realization of God being there. There's also a realization that this person you're sitting with or you're there or this group you're with, you're going to be with them forever. Does that make you happy? As... <laughs> like these are gonna be my neighbors, you know, forever. <sighs> and uh and looking around the room, knowing that you know, sharing the meals that you share to, together, you know, is gonna go on and on and on and on. And so when you see each other, we value one another. Uh this is the important part of small groups I mean, that You know, and here they gathered in the temple, and I'll come to that in a minute. But, you know, the thing about small group and getting coffee together and gathering in a smaller context is so important where we can get to know one another. We can be around one another, pray for one another. You really can't pray for one another uh, to any great degree if you don't know that person that well. You know, once you know a little more about them... Uh, maybe then you can drill into specificity, you know, of your prayers and, and the way you talk. And and then when you think of them during the week and you're praying for them, you know them a little better. And, and there's an attachment kind of there. It's, it's a very special thing. Um, I want to read you a couple of quotes from uh, some of the commentaries that I was reading through this when it talked about a meal in the church. And it says, a host who shared a meal with guests was thought to have formed a bond of relationship that never should be taken lightly. This was during this day. Once you share a meal with someone, something, something new has been created. Once you sit down at the table and you break bread with someone, a new relationship has suddenly began to form. And I think that's especially true as Christians. And just think about this. It was so important during this day. No wonder Judas... And his betrayal was so crazy because he broke bread with Jesus on that night, right? Jesus passed the bread to him. I mean, that was a, it was the worst betrayal you could have. You sat at the table, you broke bread together as friends. And now he's going to betray him. No pretense and performance in the way believers behaved. There was none. Wouldn't you love, don't, isn't it fun being with people when you can be yourself? And and then suddenly you embarrass yourself because you were yourself in front of somebody. <laughs> isn't it great? <laughs> Do you think I'm never going to be, I'm so embarrassed. But you went to another level in your friendship at that time when that happened. You know, they got to see you and you shared something with them. And uh, they saw a side. To you that they'd never seen before. Joy came from the heart. Because people were not trying to impress anyone. This is in the early church. They had developed an attitude toward each other. That enabled them to truly enjoy each other. And that's when we really start enjoying each other. You know when the pretenses stop. And you begin to enjoy just being with one another. And when you look across the table and you realize the meal you're sharing with someone that you're going to share meals with for eternity it takes on a whole other meaning plus to know that the meal was kind of a, a reenactment too of a meal that Jesus really valued with his friends each time you break bread with one another now some of you are going like I can't go to small group you know I just can't do it um You know, I'm going to be late. I have to work. Be late. Um, You know, because friends, right? Friends wait on one another. Friends do whatever they need to do. You You find a small group to go, you know, help one another. This, you know, like I can't host a group because I get home too late. We'll get somebody to help you. Who said you had to do everything? We fill in together and and like, uh, well, it's just so, it's just too much for me. I, when we first started small groups, well, let's say the first church I was a part of that started small groups because my church was small groups for probably eight years. Um, but when we started them in the first church that we started, um, (laughs) we used to joke that we were the first the first church of uh the holy poverty stricken. We had we had I mean none of us had much of anything. We really didn't. And and whenever we had small group, we looked at each other and go, how are we gonna host a small group? So we came up with this idea and, and Karen and I and took our kids and went to one like this. And, and we went into the house, and there wasn't enough food, you know, really. So what they did was they took a blanket, and you can do this. Took a blanket, they put it on their den floor, and they made PB&J, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And they made some good old sweet tea, and which doesn't take much. And we had a picnic for our small group. And that's what we did every week. We went into the house, we sat on there, and we opened the Bible up, we prayed for each other and we talked and there was no great expense and there was no great bother with lots of, you know, things to do because it's really, you know, it's it's not about the property, it's about the people. It's about the people. And some of the best times and some of the funniest and also most intense prayer times we've ever experienced were in a setting like that in those moments. And so, you know, if Go to one or host one. Now, I put these questions in the handout every week. So in the very much prayerful hope that some of you will grab those questions and go, I think I'll invite my neighbors over and talk about this. Or I think I'll grab a couple of people at church that live close to me and call them into my home. And we'll, we'll talk through these questions and at least give you a little jump start into getting together with one another. You're like, I, food, you know, I, can't, I don't have time to go home and cook food. Why do you say you had to cook food? Get somebody to bring some. Share the load, man. You know, share it. If, if you're not into cooking the host the home, that's good. That's fine. Break out the peanut butter. Break out the whole wheat bread. And uh, <laughs> and just, you know, put some peanut butter on there and pray and, and get some sweet tea and, and welcome one another. And then, hey, here's, here is a help for our home group, small group leaders, okay? Help them clean up and then go home. You know, when I used to, we used to lead lead a home group. Ours started super small. It got pretty big, and people would not go home, and uh, they just would not go home. And and you know, I I I was like, finally, Karen and I, let's let's try this. So we went. Hey guys, we're going to bed. And would you just lock the door up and turn the lights out when you leave? And it took about, you know, a couple of weeks. <laughs> and it's like, you know, have the small group and then honor the host. You know, hang out long enough and then let, let it go. The thing is to get together, all right? So, and honor that and help one another and be with one another. And uh, there's something very special about, about being together as Christians. It's a value we've had here from day one. It's a value we're going to hold on to. And uh, that we meet together um, here's another quote for you: the early Christians developed an attitude toward each other that enabled them to truly enjoy each other, especially when they met for meals. The early church of course, followed the example of Jesus who enjoyed his meals so much that he was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. That's Luke 734. He broke the stereotype of a religious person in whose presence others were not supposed to have fun. One of the keys to enabling this was sincerity, which gave rise to an open hearted fellowship. Today, too, we should encourage enjoyment in our fellowship groups. You ought to have fun. You should laugh, cry sometimes with each other, laugh, enjoy one another's company so we, we we value one another thirdly we value prayer it says and to prayer they prayed and uh they probably prayed in the morning and the afternoon and uh followed their normal routine at least the Jewish believers did that were part of the early church and uh but it it you know they continually had this in their mind of this conversation with God continuing to pray together continuing to pray at the at times in the temple but also pray on their own at moments during The day, you know, prayer is our first response, not the last resort. It's our first response, not our last resort. And when someone comes to us with a need, our first response should be to pray. Do it right then. Do it right then. If you'll build that habit into your life, you'll find out God will put you in some very amazing places. I mean, where, you know, just a simple prayer for someone. They go, man, would you just pray for me for this? You go, yeah, can I Lord, just go ahead and pray, you know, right there in the moment, if you can, right there. Just go ahead and pray a simple prayer for them. And build that habit into your life. And, uh, and then praying together, and it unifies our heart, it petitions God. God invites us into his activity. I don't completely understand how all of this works. I honestly don't. But I do know that God invites us into what he does by having us pray and speak to him. And petition him. He wants us to talk to him about whatever is going on. He wants us to ask him. He wants us to come alongside him. To be with him. To have conversation with him. To talk to him. And we are the healthier for it. The more we do that the healthier we get as well. And so we value prayer. Fourthly we value worship together. And they were praising God in this early church. You know, worshiping, praising God. to singing, thanking God, you know that's why in this church, you know this is, you know we're we're not the uh, we're not the put on a show church, not that we could be. (laughs) You know we're the participation church. That's that's who God has called us to be in this community. Is that we, you guys, you guys are the choir. Anything that goes on up here is to support you and your singing, and your worship. If it takes away from that, if it distracts that, if it somehow doesn't help that, then we want to change it. We want the church to worship, to sing. We want you to hear one another's voices praising God and worshiping God. We want the Lord to hear us together as one voice worshiping God. And so, you know, we value worshiping together, giving God, you know, his props and and songs, and, and not just in song, but in the way we live. Fifth, we value witness, enjoying the favor of who? All the people. Now, that preaches. Enjoying the favor of all the people. All the people. That means the Christian witness. The Christian presence in a community. Should in the way they treat people. In the way they do business. In the way that they develop their relationships. The way they are seen in the community. Within the community and outside. It is a witness to God. It is a witness to the goodness of God. And so as God redeems us and teaches us men through his spirit and through one another how to live for him, our witness builds in the community and uh, we gain favor in the community. And then the people, our neighbors, the, the city, our neighborhoods, the, our business people that we deal with suddenly see Christ in how we do life and they come to us and we're salt and light in the community, you get this. Come on, y'all. Yeah, you get this. Yeah, I know. It's a, I know. I know we're a project. I know that. I know. You know, God knows we're a project, and we're we're working on that. But in the early church, you know, the the witness they they faced some pretty big opposition, death, jail. So their witness to the community meant a lot, and and so. In this sense Luke says hey they were a witness to the whole community. People saw how they treated one another. Saw how they cared for one another. And saw how they cared for their communities. And how they cared for their cities and their towns. And where they were. And and it was a witness available of God's love and generosity. That was seen in the people of the church. And so you know we value that. And uh, we value that here. God has given us opportunities to serve our city. We serve it every way we know how and uh, we do love our city and our surrounding areas as well. We have from day one and, um, and so we continue to do that. Uh, another value and number six there is we value church. We value church. It's very popular to put down church now. But listen, don't talk bad about Jesus' bride. All right, you know, don't, don't, hey, we all, we all got our humanity wrapped up in this thing we're trying to do. All of us, me, you, all of us have got our foibles. We've got our proclivities to messing up every now and then. Of, and, you know, but, but the heart, when you find a local church and you get in a local church, you look for the heart of Christ. You look for that desire To be like Jesus, to follow Him, to be what He wants that church to be, and so now you're going to have to be obstinate, you know, in your commitment to it. Just like we read when we started the sermon, you know, there's just going to have to be an obstinacy in it. And um, they devoted themselves, devoted that obstinacy to it, so that the witness of Christ can be expressed in that body. We value the church. You know, I still believe the church has a cultural witness. I don't think it's over yet. Um, I think the local church is still, to me, the hope of the world as far as expression of Christ. Uh, I still think we get more done together than we ever do alone. And I still think something very special happens when a group of us get together, break bread, worship God. Yes, when we forgive one another, we restore one another, we build one another up, we're there for one another. I think something very special happen so you know lord right now i pray for every church in this community right now i know many of the pastors and i know that their hearts are in the right place and love you jesus and we bless those churches right now every one of them god all of the churches that lift you up and love you up and down the grand strand here right now we bless them as they meet lord as the preaching is going on and the singing is going on up and down this this coast right now lord We bless them. We ask for you to show your presence to them and your great care and love, God. Meet every provision for every church that is yours, Lord, up and down this coast. Meet their needs financially. Meet their needs emotionally, Lord, spiritually in every way, God. We bless them. We bless them. And the church said? Amen. Amen. That's right. And lastly, we value, number seven, we value growth. Look, Look what? We value growth. Look what happened. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The church is dynamic. It's meant to be dynamic. Not just camp out in one spot and stay in one spot as far as like, we've got, we've got a nice little group here. All right. Let's just keep it close, boys and girls. Keep it close. Got a nice group here. No, the church is dynamic. It's forever touching its community, reaching out to its community. And, um, you know, it's outward. We're growing inwardly, but we're outward focused. And that is we're always looking to be a blessing and to see more people come to know Christ. And, um, you know, back here probably, I guess it was 12 years ago, 15 years ago, I preached a sermon on the welcome mat. And I kept saying about throwing a big welcome mat out. And, and I don't remember who did it. But somebody bought us a giant welcome mat. <laughs> and then one Sunday. You know I showed up. And there it was. The front door. I said welcome. Right in front of the, our old building. And there, there it was. And, and I was like that's it. You know. That, that's it. The good news of the kingdom is welcome. Welcome. And that's the good news of Jesus. Is, is hey I've come to redeem the world. And to save that which is lost. I've come for you. And the church carries the same message and acts out the life of Christ to its neighbors and to the cities and the area that it's planted in. That's the lifeblood and the heart of any local church. And that's the heart and the life flow of our church. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. pray now Lord that those who are seeking a church home Lord you would speak to them and lead them to that body of believers Lord where they can find their place to contribute to be ministered to and minister to others And Lord, I pray for for our church. I pray that our hearts would be enlarged with your love and your grace. That when we look at one another, well, we wouldn't just see like a normal person or that we would see each other truly as brothers and sisters in Christ. These are our brothers. These are our sisters. This is our family. And Lord, you know, I forgive us, Lord, when we talk down your church. Forgive us. Forgive us when we Lord, when we just we get upset with one another. Help us learn to deal with our differences healthy in a healthy way, Lord, within the church. And within the community, even, Lord. Help us build up one another and pray for one another and stand in the gap for one another God do what we can Lord to see that your love Lord is magnified and multiplied in our community Lord, Jesus I believe in this room right now there's at least a few God who maybe have not responded to you and said yes to your call on their life and so Right now, while we're praying, we got our eyes closed here. I do want to give you an opportunity to respond. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, Yeah, today's the day when I say yes to Jesus. Just lift your hand up and let me know so I can pray for you. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you Lord. We got like you just stay where. We, let's just stay where we are in this moment. We've got a, just a couple of minutes left before we're out of here. And what I want to do is, I want to ask you, Church, if you have a word from the Holy Spirit to encourage the church. I want to open it up for you to say it. This is to encourage the church, a word of edification for the church. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.